And I think just to wake you up good, you ought to just sing a song first. I'm not sure if you're awake good. <laughs> you enjoying this? It's peaceful, isn't it? It's not stressful. Praise the Lord, everybody. Wow, we could just dismiss right now and everybody be happy. Go home and just take deep breaths and speak to those mountains. Be gone. God is good. I'm feeling good this morning. Um, I know you all are tired in your body because I'm tired in my body. My voice is showing it more. I'm going to do my best to just sing a little song. And um, it just says, I've got joy. And the bridge says, the joy, this joy is not dependent on what I feel or see. No matter what the struggle, I still have victory. There's joy for the journey that no man can take away. The joy of the Lord is my strength today. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the joy of the Holy Ghost? Maybe you can tell it by the smile on my face. I've got joy. I've got joy. It's a smile that comes from heaven that the world cannot erase. I've got joy. I've got joy. When I rise in the morning, see the day God has made. Sunshine or storm, and you'll still hear me say, I've got joy. I've got joy. I've got joy. This joy is not dependent on what I feel or see. No matter what the struggle, I still have victory. There's joy for the journey. No man can take away. The joy of the Lord is my strength today. Maybe you can tell it by the smile on my face. I've got joy. I've got joy. It's a smile that comes from heaven. This world cannot erase. I've got joy. I've got joy. When I rise in the morning, see the day God has made. Sunshine or storm, and you'll still hear me say, I've got joy. I've got joy. I've got joy. Well, this joy is not dependent on what I feel or see. No matter what the struggle, I still have victory. There's joy for this journey no man can take away. The joy of the Lord is my strength today. Maybe you can tell it by the smile on my face. I've got joy. I've got joy. It's a smile that comes from heaven. This world cannot erase. I've got joy. I've got joy. When I rise in the morning, see the day God has made. Sunshine or storm and you're going to hear me say, I've got joy. I've got joy. I've got joy. Thank you, Lord, for joy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Smile at your neighbor and tell him you love him. Turn to the other side and say, I love you too. My ladies are crazy. They try to tell me they love me the most. And I say, that's impossible. It's impossible. They say, no, really. I I say, no, that's impossible. I love you. So don't even go there. Don't even try. I'll always love you more. But isn't God good? 
Why don't we just lift our hands and thank him for joy? God, I thank you that even in the midst of the storm, you are the joy that I lean on. God, you are the hope that I lean on. You are everything to me today, Jesus. I love you. You're great and you're greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes today on a subject that at home we've heard a lot of. And um, the more the more we've talked about it, the more I kept just feeling confirmation to just go ahead and spread it out here at the ladies' retreat. And so I just want to read a scripture to you. Matthew 6 and 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. My husband did a study and he actually did a series for a little while on seeking the kingdom of God first. And um, some of you are early morning risers and you get up and your prayer time's done by five. You've already had three cups of coffee by six and I salute you. I'm just trying to get to the coffee pot and hold on to the counter while I'm making the first cup. But by about cup number two, I'm ready to take on the world. But um, that doesn't just mean the first thing in the morning. Now, if that's the way you do it, hey, that's great. That means seek only the kingdom. It doesn't mean seek, oh God, I need you and you seek him first and then you go about your day and do what you want to do. But it means to be in perfect alignment with the kingdom. Now, if you look up at this ceiling, if you would have had one of these boards that would have been off when they got to the top, well, they probably started at the top. I'm not a builder, but my daddy is, and I used to love to build cabinets with him. And he was so particular, and you had to make sure it would, the first board you put on was straight. And if it was straight, you could go from there. And if you ever cut ribbon, this is funny, but if you ever cut ribbon and making something, and you cut one, and then you cut the second one, then you cut the third one, then you grab the third one, and you cut a few, and then you grab the sixth one and cut a few. By the time you get to the 20th piece, it doesn't even near about match number one. So you always go back to your first one. That's free. But this board, if it would not have been in perfect alignment, these other boards would not have been straight. When you seek the kingdom of God first, you have got to seek only the kingdom. Perfect alignment with the kingdom. I'm not talking about being perfect. But you want to be in perfect submission with the will of God. And that's something that ladies, my dad did a wedding one day and he, in the vows, he said, submit. And the lady out loud said, submit. And it just roared through the sanctuary. Well, that was not on her list. And it's still not probably. Hopefully she's prayed through. (laughs) But submitting to God so many people have been hurt, and I'm, I told someone this morning, I said, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. I don't know your background. I don't know a whole lot about you. I just know you need the Holy Ghost, and God wants to give it to you. But when, and this is not in my notes, but just as a side note, when men have hurt you, whether it was you didn't have a good father figure, or you didn't have a good husband, or your son, when there's a male figure in your life that's hurt you, you back off from God because you're afraid he's going to hurt you too. And that's a fact. When I see someone who cannot surrender to God and submit to God, if you dig just a little bit, there's probably a male figure somewhere that's mistreated them, abused them, 
And that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't change the fact. But we've got to seek the kingdom of God first. We've got to be in perfect alignment. If you will get in perfect alignment, you can leave the dishes and get to church on time. They'll be there when you get home. I promise. Or they are at my house. The maid does not come. She does not come on Wednesdays and she doesn't come on Sundays. Or Mondays and Tuesdays. Or Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Perfect alignment with the will of God. And all that you do. And all that you say. And what you put on. What you don't put on. God, is this pleasing to you? God, where would you have me? Some of you are going to think I wake up speaking in tongues. Okay, I don't. But there's times I think, you know, I haven't been to H-E-B in a while because I shop at Kroger. And I go to H-E-B and there's a backslider standing there. That's why I came to H-E-B. We don't normally go over there, and we went over there. My husband said, there's a little place someone's told me about. To, let's go eat breakfast. We walked in early one morning, and a backslider was sitting there. And I was like, he said, did you see who's behind us? I said, that's why we're here. Now, we don't get up going, Ugh licking our finger to say which way to go today but let me tell you if you will be led of the spirit you will be surprised at the doors that start opening for you and you will be surprised that the, uh, the joy that you feel I have a niece that I love dearly going, was going through a divorce and I told her I said I know what's happening is bad your kids are struggling you're struggling I said but if you will get your eyes on someone else and their needs. Your needs are not going to seem near as bad. Well, she didn't take it right. <laughs> she got upset because her heart wasn't right. And she said, she said, I just need to go win a soul. Well, in essence, she really did. She needed to save herself first. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you will get your eyes on the harvest. You'll quit grumbling and complaining with those that are sitting with you in this ladies retreat. If you will get your eyes on the needs of others. That's not about right. That's exactly right. Luke 2, uh, 10 and 2 says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, I mentioned yesterday that my great-grandfather was a preacher. Um, some of you may have heard of Brother Matt Holland. Anybody ever heard of Brother Matt Holland? Brother Hiram Holland? Brother Wiley Holland? And Sister Ida Clark? Her daughter was Agnes Holmes. Anybody ever heard any of those names? Okay, well, Grandpa Hiram was my great-grandfather. And when Sister Hodges started talking last night, I wanted to jump up and say, preach. <laughs> Just stay on that a while. He prayed for a horse with a broken leg one day. You can believe this or not. They were about to shoot the horse. He went into town and he said, what are y'all going to do? We're going to shoot this horse. He said, can I have it? And they said, you want a horse with a broken leg? And he said, yes, I do. <laughs> he, they said, okay. And that was the days of a handshake. I will handle this horse. If I have to shoot it, I'll bury it. I will take care of it. I'm not going to shoot it and leave you to clean up my mess behind me. I'm not going to do it at the church kitchen either. <laughs> so, I'm not going to wait for the pastor's wife to walk around there and say, who left? This in the church kitchen. So let me move on about the horse. <laughs> I'm chasing a trail and I need to get back to the horse. He knelt down in front of those men and he laid, as they will say, those old, two old crooked fingers on that broken bone that was sticking out of the skin. And he said, in the name of Jesus. And it snapped. 
back in place, and he wrote it off. Amen. The harvest is ripe and the laborers are few. He sent his son into town to get some flour because they were giving away flour. And when he looked, he said, is your dad the one that drives that Jesus buggy that has Jesus saves? (laughs) With all the scriptures painted on the side. And he said, yes, sir. And he said, I tell you what. You go tell your daddy that I don't care if he starves to death. He's not getting any of this flour. He said, yes, sir. I'll go tell him right now. Uncle Alfred turned around to walk away. And that man's throat closed up. And he went and told his daddy. That man died 30 days later of starvation. He never got another drop of water down his throat. Now... We don't see stuff like that today, and why don't we? I'm not talking about sudden death and sudden people's, but why don't we see horses? Our dog's leg got slammed in the door the other night, and you know when it stopped yelping? When my husband laid hands on it. That's right. What are we going to do? I knew we weren't going to the vet. Because he's from Oklahoma. (laughs) And they have a way of taking care of injured animals. And the vet is not on the list. And I thought, dear God, have mercy. I didn't want these dogs to start. And now I'm attached. And if something's wrong with this dog, I'm fixing to have a fit. And y'all can all laugh because y'all knew I'm not a real dog person. And I was about to cry over Sadie's little leg. And the Lord touched that dog. Now, that wasn't in 1941. That was in 2008. That's right. Prayer has been taken out of our schools. And sadly, prayer is almost non-existent in our churches. I, choose, I do travel around, and I'm amazed. I'm not going to tell you where I've been. But I'm amazed at the lack of prayer in churches. I pray with people, and they don't break through, and they think they're okay. What do you mean by breaking through? If you got the Holy Ghost when you were 10, I'm happy for you. But if you're 30 and you've not spoken in tongues again, I doubt you're going to make it up. Pentecost has adapted with many other sayings, once saved, always saved, but they won't say it that way. I heard... A Pentecostal preacher's daughter say, I know just how far to stick my foot out. And just before it's too late, I know how to pull it back. Don't live on the edge. If you're falling out of an airplane, you say, oh, Jesus, forgive me. He's not obligated to forgive you. And I do believe that people can be dying and they can receive the Holy Ghost on their deathbed. I'm not against deathbed repentance, but I'm going to tell you, you're not promised deathbed repentance. You're not promised that God's going to renew you in the Holy Ghost just because you say, okay, I changed my mind. There's got to be brokenness. Tears have disappeared. Prayer meetings have disappeared. Social media is on the rise. My family finally learned to quit saying, when are you going to connect to whatever? And finally, I said, don't ever speak to me about this subject again. Now, don't speak to me about this subject again. It is a decision that we have made. We want to protect not just me, but we've got a generation We're trying to preserve the future. That door, those little hinges has a big door. I said, if somebody dies and you need me to know it, you call me. That same phone you've got that you're doing this on has my number in it. Call me and tell me. Let me know. 
Somebody said yesterday, said, oh, it was tight, but it was right. Well, it might get tighter today, but it might get righter today too. It's not the will of God. <laughs> it's not the will of God for everybody to be a preacher, okay? Let's get that straight. But it is the will of God for everybody to pray. Amen. May not be the will of God for everybody to sing a solo. You've got a burden to do something in the church and you don't sing. You're probably not going to be asked to sing the solo. But you can pray. But I want to help decorate. Okay. Here's a list. The tablecloths need to be ironed. Well, I don't want to do that part. Okay. These jars right here. We need to put. A cup and a half of Epsom salt in each one. No, I want to decorate. Okay, let me get the list out. The forks need to be. No, I want to help. What happened to doing what you're asked? You can walk into that event and say, no wrinkles. You're welcome. That's right. Hey, bloom where you're planted. Say, but I'm pretty sure I could sing that song. Okay, keep practicing. (laughs) If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. We've got everything else right. We've got it all together. We got it all figured out. But if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and keep doing what they're doing, then I'll know. And turn from their wicked ways. Then... Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I hear from heaven. This is a funny story that I'm going to just tell you real fast. There was a young lady that, um, I'm not going to say that story. I'll tell you about another story. <laughs> there was a young lady, some things happened in the church she was attending. I'm pretty sure she'd received the Holy Ghost there. Well, she got offended, and we know where all that stems from. It was a broken relationship, blah, blah, blah. She didn't want to submit, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so she chose a a church where you don't have to submit. You don't have to be there early for prayer. You don't have to line up to a standard of dress, and I don't have to either. It's a choice. So... You don't have to reach out to the lost. You don't have to be an example. And so she joined this church. <laughs> joined. I guess she shook the preacher's hand because that's about, because it was pretty much denominal. She went there for about two years. She was broken. She was hurting. She was searching. She was not submitted. But she would, she had just enough about her to get there early for prayer. And she was the only lady there early. She's like, so she's kind of, you know. That can be kind of intimidating. You know, you're the only person in the auditorium praying. Everybody else is still talking. That's, oh God, do they not see that people are praying and they're still talking? That's pretty, whatever. So she did her best for about two years. She never, ever saw the pastor's wife pray one time. She would go to the altar and kneel down. Pastor's wife never prayed for anybody in the altar. And she wasn't on the platform that's not an excuse either. She never prayed pre-service prayer, end of service. There was never a special prayer meeting. She never came to a family prayer meeting. Never saw her pray in two years. She had a lot of money, wore some really pretty clothes. She never prayed. In desperation, this lady started really trying to get hold of God and said, okay, I've made a mistake. I've got to go back home. So she called her pastor and pastor's wife said, when can I meet with you? I've got to come back home. And the first service she was back. Now, her, I guess you can have real parents and step parents. I guess her real pastor's wife, not her step pastor's wife. Her real pastor's wife. (laughs) Some of you will catch that in a minute. Her real pastor's wife knelt down and prayed with her in the altar. She started sobbing hysterically. And she said, thank you so much. She said, I have been longing for that for two years. But she's the one that left. Thank God, God gave her enough sense 
and enough grace and enough mercy to come back to a safe place. If my people, if my people, do you want to hear from heaven? You have to pray. Selfish people don't pray. They make excuses why they don't have time to pray. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Psalm 42 and 1 says, As the deer, or as the heart, panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Draw me, Lord, and I will run after thee. If you would start praying that, you can't hardly pray that and be sincere. And just say, draw me, Lord, and I'll run after thee. When you start saying, draw me, Lord. And I will run after thee. God, you need a willing vessel. You need somebody to clean that out there. You need somebody to stand in the gap. I'll be the one. I left my bag right down there. Joanna, would you bring me that little bag? She's going to give one of these baskets to each section. And I want you to take one of these. The theme of our church this year has been hands in the harvest. And we did a hands in the harvest service. And we all got a hand. Today, each one of you are going to take a hand. And I want... I had them made, thank you, Sister Tanya Riley. I had them made about the size of your driver's license. So they will fit in a credit card slot in any spot in your purse, wherever you, if you want to put it on your mirror, if you want to put it in your car, if you want to put it, if you shop a lot and you see your credit card every 30 or 45 minutes, you need a reminder, just put it, it's the same size as a credit card. Okay, put it to where you're going to see it every day. It's little, it's small, but I want it to be a little reminder of what can I do in the harvest. Now, trust me, I think I just had the, um, I think I just won the award on having the most laundry at one time that needed to be done. No joke. And I thought I was done, and I opened the garage door and forgot because I had company. I had set about five loads right inside the garage. Think my word. I had so much laundry, I was swimming in laundry. But if I have to run to the store, I have made it a practice to take church cards. Don't leave the store without giving somebody a church card. You pump your own gas. I don't know of any full service, service stations anymore. You pump your own gas. Some of you have got husbands that go fill up the car. That's great. He fills up the truck. I fill up the car. And it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt me. You'd be surprised. She's talking about that doorknob that needs to be fixed. It'd be, you'd be surprised how, what you'd learn if you get your screwdriver. You can change doorknobs. That's right. I could change the inside of the toilet, but I caused somebody to do that. Hands in the harvest. What are you doing right now for the harvest? What are you doing right now to reach out to the lost? I don't want you to answer. Some of you are running buses and tearing it up. And some of you are holding this hand wondering, what does that mean? 
What are you doing for the harvest? Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. You have three choices here. You can do nothing. You can do it half-heartedly. Or you can do it with thy might. How many can help Saturday, blah, blah, blah? Is there anybody that can help Saturday? Hmm. Anybody that can help Saturday? She's raising her hand and she doesn't even know that it's just a joke. That's how it is sometimes in our churches. Because we have, well, you know, if if I go to outreach, it's really going to put a bummer in the rest of my day. It's just going to be a really... You know, because outreach starts, we pray from 9.30 to 10, and we go out for about an hour. So, I mean, that's 11 o'clock. When have you reached out for the rest of the week? How long have you been on your phone this week? I have a phone. And I can probably say that I probably hold the highest score on Candy Crush in this room. (laughs) But I have not played it in months. So I should just delete it. Because I would wake up in the morning and think, now if I could get to that next level, it'd be so awesome. My niece is a nurse and the nurses would go out of their patients' rooms and say, oh, my word, I'm out of lives. And they would buy $50 worth of lives right quick so they could get to the next level on Candy Crush. I've never purchased a life, okay? So just saying. I don't even know what level I got to. And the Lord started convicting me. And if I had read my Bible that much, and if I had invited that many people. Now, you can't just... All you do is read your Bible and pray and and invite people to church. But if you are not seeking the kingdom first, everything else takes priority. Somebody's going to leave changed, and it might be five ladies, and you're the five I'm reaching for. You're the five I'm reaching for. I'm not reaching for those that say, outreach is for the young people. Now, my husband asked, Everybody in the church to give one Saturday a month, except the young people. They're not ever exempt because they're going to find something to do. We're too fragile. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's time to get your big girl undies on and deal. It's time to grow up. It's time to, you want to be mature? My dad told me one night because They never gave me a set curfew, but every night they would say, I said, I'll try to be here at whatever, 1130. Okay, that's good. But we didn't just have 945 on the dot every night. It don't matter if we're in revival or it don't matter what, 945, you're at home. But they knew where I was at all times. And one night I was a little later than I should have been. And when I walked in, his light was on. (laughs) He said, we've called your phone and you didn't answer. Because it was back in the day of the bag phone. Anybody remember those bag phones? Oh, I still got mine. It doesn't work, of course. But it's the coolest thing. You had to carry it like a purse. But you picked it up and it had a curly cord. Well, I had been out of town and put it on Rome. Well, you had to deactivate Rome when you got back to Houston. I forgot to deactivate it. So my daddy helped me remember. He said, if you want to be treated like an adult, you act like an adult. So some of us, we need to step it up a little bit. Start doing what God wants us to do. Start being what God wants us to be. Quit dashing out of the service without church cards in your purse. Well, we don't even have church cards. Well, then go to gotprint.com. The more you order, the cheaper they are. We're too fragile. Too many people... Too many ladies won't put themselves out, especially for the church. 
Everybody wants to be paid. Now, we have hired staff. We have a daycare. And we don't pay them enough. (sighs) Amen. And when you got 80 kids every day over there, you wish you could pay them more. Because you see what they're going through. But let me tell you something. You do have to pay some. But where are the people that say, you know, you don't know. You wonder who cleaned the bathroom. The bathroom got cleaned. Somebody stopped by the church and said, I wonder if there's something I can do today. Where's the vacuum cleaner? Everybody's got to be paid. What can I do, Lord? How can you use me? I'll cook a meal. I'll never forget the day a tiny little college girl came into our church. At the altar, she laid herself on the altar. She wept for the longest. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know who she was, didn't know where she came from, and didn't know why she was crying. She laid there after everybody had was gone, so I stayed with her. I thought, well, Lord, have mercy. And um, as soon as she got done praying, she looked at me and she said, can I speak to you? Sure. She said, God spoke to me in the altar tonight and said that this is where I belong. Well, I didn't realize that she had been on a very long, unstable, heartbreaking road that had led her to our altar. She knew the presence of God that she was experiencing that night was the same that her grandparents and parents had experienced in this assembly. Because of bad decision that her mom made, and this is not to point fingers because it's not the end of the story, their journey had taken many unexpected turns. But it became obvious that God has had his hand on her. I remember that Sunday afternoon, the part of the story that she did not know was that my husband and I had been talking. And he said, baby, we have got to pray that God will lay a burden for our best ministry on somebody. I can't do best ministry and everything. He said, but we've got to pray that God would lay a real burden, and it's got to be a burden on somebody. So we made it a matter of prayer. That afternoon, on a Sunday afternoon, and this is after she had been there quite some time, She stayed after service because God was tugging at her heart. Everybody had left the sanctuary but her. When she stepped into the foyer, my husband and another minister in our church were in the foyer. And she was weeping and immediately said, is everything okay? She looked at them. She was looking for answers. She was searching for God and she was looking for ways to be fulfilled. And she found it all that afternoon. She said, God has laid a burden on me to start a best ministry. Single girl. She's here today. Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are. You can do something for God. It's just the mercy of God that her mother's living for God. And that her dad is living for God. And that she's living for God. I want the Holy Ghost to minister to somebody today. I'm not trying to move you with emotion and words. I don't have that ability. But I want the Holy Ghost to step into this room. Now, I cannot wait to hear Mama J take this to the top level. But I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost wants to do something today. And we can sit idly by and say, okay, that's a good idea. Go, girl. You go, girl. You did a great job. Or you can say, what can I do, Lord? A few months ago, she stepped into our office. She said, I need to talk to you all. She said, following the service on at Heritage, Elder Phil White preached, who will go? She said, God's dealing with me. I don't know if it's to go short term, long term, a week, but I feel like I need to go to the Philippines. And my husband said, do you have a passport? She said, no, sir. 
He said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to call for the white, but you go apply for a passport. Because faith without works is dead. He said, we're going to do what we need to do on this end. I don't even know if you can go. I don't know. But I'm going to make a phone call. She applied for a passport. It was expedited. It was incredible how quickly she was able to get a passport. It was about a week of playing phone tag. The call came back. I remember sitting in my car at the church. I called her. She was still at work. I said, you have to call me. Okay. I'm about to be off. She called. She was waiting on the call. And I said, pack your bags. She went to the Philippines for one month. Tiffany's sitting right here. You all know her. You know her mama. You know her, you know her grandparents. You know her family. They're here. She went for one month. God used her mightily. She came home and she's like, I'm back. And I said, you may never touch Filipino soil again. But God has laid a burden on her to pray for the Filipino people. She can't go as a missionary because my husband won't let her single. It's not happening. Not this year. Not this time. Mm -mm. So we're not looking for a young man that's got a call to the Philippines either. Just for your information. We want the will of God to be done. But she answered a call. Say, oh, well, she's arrived. No, she, she's working at the hospital again. <laughs> Still working. Doing what she can do. For the harvest. Inviting her co-workers. Not just in the Philippines. She's inviting people in the United States. People get these birds to go overseas. And do something for God. And they've never taught a Bible study in the United States. I have a problem with that. I'll never forget the day. A little 15 year old girl. Walked into our church. Broken. To say the least. She's here today too. This is not to embarrass her. But some of you think because you see people in a pretty dress and a pretty hairdo. They got it all together. And you'll never get to the place where they're sitting on the altar travailing. You want to go there. You think, but they must be the right breed. Well, let me just tell you, to this day, she's not certain her father is who he says he is. She's met him one time, though, because he got out of prison. Her mom's had five husbands. I remember the day she got there, and it was right before Heritage, and somebody said, we want to pay her way to Heritage, and my husband said, Absolutely not. We don't know her and she's not spending a week in a hotel room with our girls. Not happening. We got home from Heritage and we took a chance. Her and her mother had issues. Big issues. And her mother called me one day. She said, I guess, I guess I'll just put her on the pill and let her move out. I said, is that what you want? Is that the right thing? She said, no. I said, then listen to what you're saying. You know it's not the right thing. Has she had ups and downs? Absolutely. Is she still standing? Absolutely. She's taken two mission trips. Wants to go again. Having to pull her coattail. Not really. Because we want the will of God more than we want her in Bryan, Texas. I remember the day she said, Pastor, would it be okay? Now, I'm talking about a girl that had to move in with an elderly lady in the church because her mother got her income tax check back and decided to move out of state. So God's honest truth. Guess what? She moved in with a little old lady in the church that was not easy to live with. But she would say, how are you doing? She'd say, I do well. They'll believe it's one God. They'll do us well. 
We're going to be faithful to church. I'm going to know where you are. You tell me where you are. You be here at this time. Well, that's really what she's longing for. And guess what? She came one night and said, Pastor, would it be okay if I started youth prayer meetings? She lit a fire in our youth group that is still burning. That's right. She's sitting right here. She's 25, and we're not interested in any guys that you have in your church either. Unless, just kidding. God isn't looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Will you say yes? I'm not talking about packing up and moving overseas. But will you say yes when you get fuel today on the way back home? Will you invite somebody to church? Oh, that's not my personality. The harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. Can you put your phone down long enough to pray for a lost soul? Can you get to church early and pray for a breakthrough in the service? I'm convinced that when I say things like that, we are to a point that people don't even know what that means. My heart is burdened. I hear preachers preach messages about you need to pray through. You need to get right with God. You need to step out. He's not talking to me. He's talking to them back there. And we have got ladies sitting in here that if the rapture took place today, I hope you make it. Now, I'm all about positive speaking and speaking positive to people and being kind. I think that is the will of God. But ladies, something's got to get you upset enough to get you out of your seat. Something's got to get you moved to say, I'm the one she's talking to. I have not prayed through in years. Some of you came to me and said, I'm going home to get a shovel. In the name of Jesus, don't let anything stop you from getting the shovel. Some of you are going to go home and apologize. Some of you need to apologize before you leave today. God's looking for people who will say, I'll sacrifice for the lost. I'll light a fire in the Sunday school department. I'm not talking about with your mouth either. I'm not talking about complaining how they did it. Get your hand to the plow. Who will go home and light a fire in your youth group? Who will be at outreach? Some of you don't have outreach, and I'm sorry that you don't have outreach. Because you're only reaching in, you're not reaching out. And it's not the will of God. It's not the will of God for you to reach in. One more selfie. Two more selfies. Three more selfies. Oh, that one looked good. Watch this one. Post that one. Because my lips look really good in that one. You've done it. You've seen it. So, oh, they, wow, they got a new photo editing program. John 4, 35 says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already. If you say revival's coming, You need to change it. You need to say revival's here. Revival's here. Well, they're not coming. Have you invited them? Have you reached out? Have you stepped out? Have you gone, gotten out of your comfort zone? Or is it all about me? Me, myself, and I. It's all about me. All about me. What makes me feel comfortable? That doesn't make me feel comfortable. That makes me uncomfortable to to hand a flyer. You know, I'm kind of embarrassed. Will you say yes? Take my hand, Lord. Use me, Lord. What can I do? 
Can I be a witness? Something's different about you, sister. You glow when I see you. I don't know what it is. Um, we were asked this morning, what's going on at this hotel? Is there a ruffles and lace convention? <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> you think? <laughs> People are wondering, what's different about them? We were in a restaurant the other day. And one of the ladies in our church works there. And one of the co-workers said, um, there's a whole bunch of people in here that are like, like is there something going on? Because look, they look like you. <laughs> I want to tell you a story. We went to Denver, Colorado with a sick child. Diagnosed with cancer. Some of you have heard the story. You know the story. I'm not going to go into a lot of details. Distraught is not even the word. Devastated is not even the word. Um, God had called us to Pueblo, Colorado to pastor a church. We felt like we would live there the rest of our lives. We would die and be buried in Pueblo. End of story. We were there eight months total when we resigned. Four months into our pastorate, our son got sick. We went to Denver, Colorado. We were still living in the evangelist quarters, looking for a house. Found a house, bought it. I stayed in it one night. We moved out of the house. I never went back to the house. Movers went in, packed my stuff, put it in storage in Colorado Springs. The Johnsons said, come to Colorado Springs. We couldn't live in Colorado Springs, though. Because we had to live in Denver at the Ronald McDonald House. So when you see the Ronald McDonald House thing, put money in it. We had to live there for six months. We moved out of there. Had to go into postpartum marrow transplant unit for six more months. Um, we would drive to Colorado Springs on the weekend. They were gracious enough to say, you're not going to stop working. You're not going to stop working. Your husband's going to preach on Sunday nights, and you're going to do the choir on Sunday nights. So if Dylan couldn't come, we'd get somebody to stay with him in Denver. If he was in the hospital, family was with us at all times. Somebody would stay with him. We'd go to Colorado Springs and do everything we needed to do because we couldn't get our hands out of the harvest because sickness came to our home. That's right. So we kept reaching out. We did Bible studies to doctors and nurses and staff and as much as we could because our hands had to be in the harvest. We had to stay focused. And the Johnsons, just they hold that special place. Poppy and Mama J. If we refer to them, it's not disrespectful. It's a, it's, they're just, they're, they'll be Poppy and Mama J forever. They brought us in and loved us and cared for us. But while we were in Denver... That's an hour and a half away from where we were. There were churches there. One in particular, Brother Billy Hill's church. They said, we want to bring meals. If you've heard this story, you can just click it off for a few minutes. I'll come right back. They wanted to bring us meals. They said, it's the least we can do, but we want to bring meals. We know this is, this is going to be a long extended period of time. We went in the day before Thanksgiving, so we had Thanksgiving, we had Christmas, we had Valentine's. Every available holiday, we were impatient. Every single one. But three days a week, we had hot meals brought to us. And they would call me from the front desk of Ronald McDonald, our Brent's place, the post marrow transplant place, and they would say, Miss Jones, your sister just delivered your meal. Okay, thank you. We'll be right there to get it. And she said, they're already gone, but it was your sister. And I said, no. And she said, no, I promise it, it was your sister. I said, well, it wasn't, but oh, thank you. She said, well, who was it? I said, well, I'm not sure. You're not sure? Well, no. She said, I promise her hair was just like you. She was dressed just like you. She looked exactly like you. I said, well, she was not my family, but it is a church here in Denver. And they would bring meals three times a week. I can count on one hand how many times I saw them. Usually we didn't see who brought the meal. So I guess that they won't be rewarded. 
oh no, they're going to have gaudy crowns. They're going to be bling everywhere. Let me tell you, three days a week for months, we could count on, hey, our meal's going to be there today. Let's go over there and get our meal. Because it's going to be a hot meal today. We ate hot meals because God sustained us. In Colorado Springs was a river in the desert, let me just tell you. But those hot meals would come and get there. And I'm going to tell you, it was, I can't even describe to you. One day, Dylan said to me, he said, Mom, I want green apples and a mocha frappuccino. And that was a big word for a four-year-old. But your kids have learned it too. They, or, they know what to order at Starbucks. And he said, I want green apples and a mocha frappuccino. I said, well, baby. And I couldn't take, I didn't have the liberty to take him to the grocery store because he had no immune system for months and months and months. And if you know anything about BMT, you understand what I'm talking about. I couldn't run to the store and get it. And I said, okay, mommy doesn't have green apples and mocha frappuccinos, so we're going to do something else. He said, but I want green apples and a mocha frappuccino. And you kind of gave him what he wanted because he couldn't eat hardly anything. So if he said snicker candy bar and ate one bite, he ate one bite and I ate the rest. You want Dr. Pepper? He'd take one drink and I'd drink the rest. Till the day he said, Mommy, why is your stomach so wide? <laughs> I started to die that day. So we got our meal that evening. They called and said, your meal is here, Miss Jones. So I, I told my husband, I said, they've got our meal ready. So he went down there and got it and he brought it up there and I, I reached in to get all the hot food out and laying on the top was a bag of green apples and a four pack of mocha frappuccinos. Now, in my mind, I know how it happened. I don't know how it happened, but in my mind, I know how it happened. There was a little lady that said, I want to be used. I'm going to fix this. I don't even remember what the meal was. I'm going to put this in the bag, and I'm going to get this. I'm going to put all this. And you know, I bought those. I think I'm going to give them those green apples and mocha frappuccino. I don't need those. And she just put it in the bag, too, and sent it. I just stood there, and I thought, if I've never thought that God was with me, I never have to wonder again. There's green apples and mocha frappuccinos. Now, that may not be big to you. You may not like green apples and mocha frappuccinos. But I'm going to tell you, that's my God. What can you do? There are people that are walking through the doors of our churches. And they're desperate. I started looking around the other day and I had to stop. I had to just take it out of my mind. No mom, no dad. Mom, hmm, kind of a dad. Um, no mom and dad. No mom and dad. Was it raised in truth? Broken home, divorced. Mom and dad divorced when they were six. Mom and dad haven't spoken since they were six. Got a split Christmas day because mom don't like dad and dad don't like mom. And it's an epidemic and they're walking in our churches saying I got this church card and it says the spirit and the bride say come I wonder what that's about I wonder what apostolic means hmm friendly face warm smile the love of God power of God godly atmosphere hmm Far cry from my home. Life-changing experience. I wonder if that's really real. Anointed gospel preaching. Hmm. Anointed singing. Sincere worship. And to make friends for life. Why not? And they walk in our back doors. And they come in and they find a seat. And some of you are so caught up. And me, myself, and I, you don't even speak to them. I go, mm, this is kind of awkward. I'm the only one in the building not dressed in a ruffled skirt. It must be a uniform. 
One lady told her sister she's going to buy the uniform. She said, what's the uniform? She said, the blue jean skirt and the white cotton shirt. She said, that's not a uniform. And that was years ago. Some of you are saying, blue jean skirt and a white cotton shirt. Okay, ruffled skirt. That brings it to date. The spirit and the bride say, come. Who will say yes? Sadly, they have, thankfully, not sadly, they've run out of flyers at this church. And it's not because they don't pass out flyers. They've run out. And I have a few. I was hoping to have one for every one of you. Because I thought, what a blessing for us to do an outreach effort for this church today. As we're leaving town Well, I'm not from this church. Why would I invite people to this church? I do have a stack. I do have a stack of them. Is there anybody that would say, I'll pass that flyer out before I leave town. You won't be here Sunday when they walk through the doors. So I guess you won't get a reward. Who will go? A young man turned 18 in our church and decided the bright lights were brighter than the ones in the church. And he wanted to give it a try. And for five years, the contact was so minimal It hurts. But a desperate mother consistently cried out to God. Satan, you're not having my son. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. I will not give in. Saturday outreach, inviting as many people as she could. God... I heard that some Pentecostals ran into my son in Dallas. He was, happened to be in Dallas somewhere, and somebody ran into him. That was God. I said, you're right. Saturday outreach. I, I'll, do, I'll help with bus ministry this Saturday. God, but I got a lost son. And I don't even know where he lives. But you do. You know where he is, and you've got his number. And the call came, And it was unusual this time. Something's going on. She called us and she said, I've never done this in 12 years. But I got to come to your house and talk to you right now. Come on. Somebody vacuum right quick. She came in the house. She said, I don't understand. I don't even know what's happening. But something's going on. There's a stirring. Something's happening. And my husband said, When you get on the phone with him tonight, you need to tell him he needs to come home. It's been five years. You need to tell him God's reaching for him. This is the mercy of God. Such were some of you. I'm going to tell you, by midnight, we were on the phone. By one o'clock in the morning, we were on the phone. I don't even know what time he got home that night. It's a long story that I will not go into. I don't think he's missed but one service in about six weeks. And every service, he's in the altar. And he's crying out to God, saying, God, you, you got you to gotta make me in your image. He's in Bible studies now. He said, I, the world's lied to me. He's back. And God's restoring him. I'm going to tell you, you got lost loved ones. You'd be surprised what would happen if you'd reach out to somebody else. So when my kids are in church, well, your best friends are not. Start reaching out to somebody else and God's going to bring your kids home. God's in the restoration business. If my people, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Will you knock a door? Will you knock a door? Well, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm shy. Will you knock a door?
Don't go in their house. Will you knock on their door? Will you at least go up to the door and put the flower on the door and take off running? If you're that scared, what will you do? What does it mean to you? Will you teach a Bible study? Well, I don't know that much about the Bible. Has God filled you with the Holy Ghost? Can you tell somebody else? I was lost and I was depressed. And I w- can you tell somebody else? More than just your. I, 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 want, I want us to stand. Can you go to the nursing home? Did you know that those little old 90 year old ladies don't have the Holy Ghost for the most part? Can you go to the nursing home? Will you be the one? I want us to close our eyes. God's trying to speak to somebody in this house. It's time for us to get desperate. Desperation is a lost cause in a lot of churches. Come on, the Bible says a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You might need to join hands with your neighbor right now. Say, I can't do this on my own. You need to link up with someone that can help you. Come on. Can you take a meal to the hospital? Can you visit the nursing home? Can you sing a few choruses? To give somebody a hope. My God. Therefore, say unto them, the harvest truly is great. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. That he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Will you go? Say ye not there are yet four months. And then cometh harvest. Behold I say unto you. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. For they are white already to harvest. Thank you.